What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Power by Primus podcast. In this episode, which is our episode five, really good stuff. This week, we are going to be talking about a lot of the stratagems, our kind of favorite ones, and some of our not so favorite ones. We are also obviously going to be doing this all over computers, given our current situation with everyone being stuck at home. We are going to be joined by Kevin and Wes, like the previous episodes. However, this episode, we're also going to be bringing in Eric. And then after we talk about a lot of the stratagems, we're going to make our way over to the records of Iocon and talk about the aerial bots. Wes is going to be giving us some more fantastic lore with those characters like he usually does. And then lastly, we're going to wrap everything up talking about what kind of jank we are messing around with since we are sitting at home. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hey, Hello. thanks for having me. Yes. So, Eric, let's start with you. Uh, go ahead and give us an insight into how you ended up getting your Transformers and kind of how you got into the game. Uh, sure, yeah. So, uh, I guess me and my brother, we were always into Transformers since we were kids. Uh, we had a few toys growing up. Uh, when we lived overseas, I guess this is like the G2 era of the toys, if you're familiar with that. Like, my brother for Christmas... He got like a blue Grimlock and I got a green slag and uh, we had some other toys too. Like we had like Ironhide and uh, we had Air Raid. I found that up. I, I saw this airplane in our toy box uh, when I went back home uh, last Thanksgiving and I took it back home and I did some research. And I was like, this guy is Air Raid. Didn't even know. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, but uh, since then... Jeez, I mean, we kind of fell out of it for a while. I mean, like we saw the cartoons every, you know, every now and then, but we didn't pick back up with it until Beast Wars when we were, you know, like middle school or so. And then uh, that's kind of where we, you know, we got hooked again and, you know, we started picking up all the Beast Wars toys. And yeah, that's, that's kind of where, our, you know, my interest in Transformers really start, stemmed from. And then just kind of followed it out over the years, obviously. And then that led to the card game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so let's see. I finished my master's degree in December a couple years ago. And then I finally got a job. And then I started buying toys like a responsible adult. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And so I was basically just, you know, kind of picking up stuff that I wanted when I was a kid, like, you know, some of the combiner stuff and uh, some GI Joes and stuff like that. But uh, eventually on eBay, I came across the actual cards. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I picked up a starter set and I bought some sets of commons and uncommons characters and battle cards and started messing around with it then. And, you know, I checked our, Facebook and I found that there's a group here in Colorado and you know I went out one Saturday and met Kevin I think Rudy was there too and uh yeah the rest is history you're playing tanks that day yeah I was I was playing tanks nice nice now for those of you who don't know Eric or and I would say probably just nationwide greatest Metroplex player of all time and him having a master's obviously just goes to show the guy knows a lot of stuff and I, this man never misses a, a flip unless of course it's against Kevin in the, uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> the finals my, of Heroes Rise yep my one true nemesis <laughs> <laughs> it's always us two in top, at least top four somewhere <laughs> yep yep which I do think is funny that we happen to have Eric in 
this conversation as well, Wes, when we're going to be also talking about aerial bots, and we know how that went down, unfortunately, during Heroes Rise as well. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so getting into the conversation about uh, stratagems, I'm going to go based on who is showing up on the top of my list on Discord. So it's going to be Eric, go ahead and talk about just some of the, at least start with a stratagem, which one you're really excited for, and then we'll obviously just chat about each one as we go. Yeah, yeah, so let's see. I, uh, we were briefly talking about this before, but uh, I think swap heads might be pretty, pretty fun. If not, it's probably, it's probably going to be slept on because I don't think people are going to be playing more than one Titan Master. They'll probably play one at the most. But if you're playing two, I think there's some pretty spicy stuff there that you can get away with, especially with like uh, Clobber, the, the bold three head. You know, you yep. get a, you get a swing with bold three, and then you swap heads for a turn, put them on some other Titan Master that has, you know, super beefed up attack. You know, drop a weapon on him, supercharge him. He's got bold six or, you know, reckless charge grenade <laughs> launcher with bold three. You know, there's, there's some crazy damage that can go on there. The other farm part you could kind of do, too, is, like, run a character that's got defense on the other end, and then, like, you can the offensive for the first hit and then swap and then now that character that's tapped is on defense with maybe something that might be kind of cool too yeah definitely yeah what do you guys think i think it'd be pretty solid yeah i i i agree i think i agree with eric i think it's going to be probably slept on initially uh, at first and then as we get as we explore more and get a little bit deeper into the set i think it might become a a uh, a pretty big card if you're running uh the Titan Masters, which unfortunately with most of the Titan Masters, you're going to be running probably two wide or maybe three wide with the little guy, maybe. Yeah. 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 I would imagine with this, them also making this card a rare, it usually doesn't mean a whole lot in this game specifically, but it definitely shows that the card has some potential and they know it has potential. Yeah, because like even... Uh, just this guy right here, Fangry. So he gets bold two when he attacks someone with more stars than him. So that's bold five for free. <laughs> for free? <laughs> you know, plus, yeah, that sounds pretty strong. Right? So plus yeah, a grenade launcher, you, yeah. plus any type of pump spell. You know, he's he's hitting for a lot. Yeah, I can, like I said, I I, think, I agree with you. I think it's going to be, I, I think it's not going to be an initially used a lot card, but I think as we get deeper into it, I think it will we'll start seeing it more. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, uh, swap heads is also the one you're only allowed to swap once, right? Yeah. It's a one-time okay. thing, and that's so. If I, this is obviously going to be some type of heavy orange type of build, so you're going to smack someone for a lot. Hopefully, it's enough to seal the deal. But <laughs> that, like, yeah, going all in, kind of a gig. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All right, do you have any other ones that you wanted to that you're excited about? Yeah, let's see. Um, the ones that were revealed recently, you know, our villainous spotlight for our Decepticon teams, and uh, yeah. her was it heroic spotlight for the Autobot teams that gives you extra star cards. Mm -hmm. Yep, as long as your team is either all Decepticons, obviously, and or all Autobots. Yeah, I think those are going to be pretty prominent. Yeah, lots, I'm definitely trying to value. Yeah, yeah Trypticon like, gets gets the support that he wants, kind of. Yeah, get some 
two of his relentless invasions out of the gate instead of one. So, uh, like I was saying, we talked about this briefly before villainous spotlight running along with, um, night racer and her stratagem. I mean, that's four star cards out of two star cards worth of stars, which Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. pretty beefy. And let's say you're running box set sound wave and a couple of like two of his cassettes uh getting those extra star card the stars to your list plus you know i don't know you could you could you could make a lot you could put a lot out with that with Tripticon, do you get can you get three the real invasions or two because he's 24 stars you automatically get one and you get two extra so you get no you get the, the spotlight costs one star so that'd put you at 25 yeah. and then oh yeah, yeah, the door for yeah. Two. Oh yeah. yeah silly me yep. no you're good <laughs> but believe me i said the same thing because i was like oh man i can run this with my lord meg and airstrike patrol and then i can go get two of the even the scores because that's not broken and then i was like oh wait you're already at five <laughs> <laughs> you can't add the spotlight and i'm like okay that's really good because that would have been insane <laughs> yeah i forgot yeah. they had a star card yeah, I think all of them are at least one star, and there's nothing that's two stars that we've seen yet. Yeah, we haven't seen that yet. But speaking and, of and no, and no. two stars, though, um, you could get, you know, if you're like, oh, I can't fit Magnus armor in, you know, with a heroic spotlight. Now you can, if you're like at 24 stars, yeah. you run mm-hmm. that, and then you can throw Magnus armor in on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you kind of you have a couple different options getting it in there, because even the stratagem weapons cache with road buster yep he can sneak in a an magnus armor for you too because that one gives you one extra star of weapon and one extra star of armor yep although have they like I wait, wait okay this this is a, a more of a random question have they specifically said anything about this because it does say of blue cards it doesn't say of like at least blue so I don't know if that wording does make anything really awkward. Well, anything that's a double pip is of blue or of green or of white, whatever it's double pip color is like, yeah. it's either it's, okay. it's an orange and blue card or an orange. I think and it's one black. That contains blue. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I think weapons cash. I can't, I don't think you can sneak in a Magnus armor. Not bad. Ooh. I want I want to like make a team though and just like to have like I want to do either a Ultra Magnus with like one other character as a two tall and then be able to bring in like two or three of the armors. Oh, that would be <laughs> that would be amazing. Try to fight me. Alrighty, so next we're gonna have Wes. Go ahead and let us know what uh what stratagems you looking forward to, man. So I'm actually looking forward to who's next for Sergeant Cup because me and one of the local players here have been theory crafting um, a, uh, a cup uh, ultra attack where there's a very high probability you might be able to pull off a cup at, you know, 15 to 19 attack, and he just crushes your opponent, uh, you know, in one turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he <laughs> untap and do it again. <laughs> yep so uh, no. i mean i mean like i said it's a magical christmas land scenario but uh if you can get it off just once that's more than worth it 
Yep. And the way that the stratagem is also read too is that once you KO the defender, you get to untap him. So even if you KO a second defender, you get to untap him. So as long as your opponent's tapped down, I mean, you just get to kind of go ham on him. Yeah, there's there's a a fairly easier way. You, he can probably KO a combiner team in one go um, if you get him kitted out right. So yeah. it's just kind of exciting to see if I can get it to work. I mean, like I said, if I get it to work once, that's more than enough for me. <laughs> it's the it's like the new uh, triple missile pod scenario. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's 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 I'm, I'm excited for that one um, for sure, just because there's some jank there and, you know, cup life, oh, you know, <laughs> gotta love it plus like like i said we haven't really been able to like we have a couple of combo decks um that have been able to put out a bunch of stuff that have these really high requirements such as like um the the 15 damage card what is that one overwhelming advantage overwhelming advantage. yeah like overwhelming advantage you have to be able to have a certain number of colors on there and flip a certain number of colors and we've kind of figured out how to make that happen multiple decks so i think you'll figure it out for cup i i yeah. very much think it'll be a it'll be a thing yeah, and the one card I'm not looking forward to, because I think it's a bad card, is Kemi and Toughness. I I don't like it. Just saying, don't like it. Yeah. It does yeah. not make Windblade any better. No. If you can put it on both Windblades, that actually be kind of cool, but you can only put it on the super rare Windblade. <laughs> little Right, little five star windblade. <laughs> I mean, hey, five star Windblade with an extra defense and an extra and an extra health actually might make her a little better. Yeah, I agree. I just don't know. Like, she currently doesn't get play as it is because there's not enough support there. So I don't think giving her more defense and more health is her problem. Um, so I can I can agree with you there. I just don't think it's gonna get. Uh, you know, maybe like we're playing something fun specifically for Windblade kind of a gig, but I don't think it's just going to be showing up all over the place. Maybe, maybe if the text also included like uh Titan masters and cause like her, what is it? Her bot mode says you get pierce into combiners. So what if it added Titan masters to that text? Maybe. I think that'd be better. Yeah. I think that'd be better. Yeah. That'd or probably... if it just gave pierce four and it just removed that text in general. Yeah, she just had Pierce 4. Mm-hmm. Then she'd be a lot more playable. Yeah, at, yeah, yeah, at 13 stars, too, you still have a really high character. So you're just super benefiting. You're still, you know, Battlefield Legend range for star count, so. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm I'm a big fan of Heroic Spotlight, too. And then I think Master Converter for Blitzwing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was on my list. Might be something. Yep. Anyway, yep. Uh, but that's that's kind of, I really, I'm really looking forward to the cup one. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, All right. Well, Ke- Kevin, go ahead and give us, uh, what's, uh, what's on your list. Um, I guess two that I'm looking forward to is, uh, one of them is the metal, uh, metal stance with, that's the one that goes with bludgeon. So, uh, when you attack and you don't flip a battle card that has more than one battle icon, you get to put it in your hand. Um, and I'm really looking forward to bludgeon. So, uh, I think that'd just be a fun card to play. Just get a free card if you have, like, your flips are right. You just get a free card basically in your hand. I think that one might be pretty fun to play. 
Yeah, the other part that's interesting about it is that, like, with new battle icons, you're, they don't count the battle icon when you're flipping them if it doesn't match. So, mm-hmm. like, I think being able to hit it with the stratagem is going to actually be possible. Whereas when I first saw it, I was like, you're never going to be just flipping one. And then it was like, oh, wait, maybe you are, actually. Right. I think it'll be, with Bludgeon and, like, all the other dual pip cards, I think it'll be pretty easy to hit it pretty often. Yeah. So is so. Let me see if I'm reading this right. So if you flip a single color, then you can put that in your hand, or is it? I think it's. I think the way I'm reading it, I could be wrong. It's you have to flip. Everyone has to be a dual pip at least. Yeah, it's just a battle card that has yeah. more than one battle icon. Yeah. Yeah. So you just can't flip any ones that have yet yeah, double on there. Because then each one would just count as one battle icon. None of them will have the more. Yeah, so we'll see. I think it might be fun to play and try out. Then another one I'm looking forward to, since I'm really looking forward to this character, Whirl, is Pop-Up Attack. So this is when one of your helicopters attacks and you have Whirl um, on the battlefield, you get a plan one. So planning is always good. You get a free card on top. And I think Whirl, if, when you attack and you flip a blue, it does one damage to all the non-defending enemies, something like that. So it's like a free arm cover craft if you flip a blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's to, to other other characters or something? Yeah, it's the one yep. you don't attack. Yeah. Yeah. So what what other uh, what other helicopters do you plan on? I don't know yet. What other helicopters do we have? Alpha. Right, well, we're still Bravo. waiting for what? Our... We have yeah. Alpha Bravo, right? Is that what we want? Yeah. Spinister. Spinister? Spinister, yeah. oh, yes. Not Spinster. He is not an old he is not an Spinster. old woman sitting in a sitting in a home <laughs> cavorting her money. He is he is yeah. Spinister. <laughs> I didn't think that far ahead with other helicopters. I mean more just for Whirl. I'm not sure if you'd play with other helicopters. Hey, hey maybe this is your chance for a too tall Springer. Oh yeah. You know, oh, maybe. Right, yes. May, maybe. How many stars of Springer? Twelve? Uh they're no seven. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're I both twelve. Because yeah. I think this star card will make world 13. Hey, that's 25. It's oh. happening. <laughs> We're popping off. <laughs> I have faith. So uh, what is it? Tidal Wave. He has text on him for a four-star helicopter. Right. right. So I would imagine... Maybe there's... Someday something. we might have a four-star <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> Someday. Yeah, one day. <laughs> It would be hilarious if that text stayed, though, and it was like five sets down the road. We still have yet to have a four-star <laughs> helicopter. That way we rotated we get the helicopter. Yep. That'd be pretty funny. Uh, so when it comes to talking about stratagems for me, uh, I am definitely in for Jurassic Punch, but that's just because now it, it finally makes Volcanicus better. Now, whether or not it makes him good is a completely different conversation, um, but I'm definitely going to be trying Jurassic Punch out as much as possible and i really hope it comes down to like i'm going into like a one star titan master at the end of the game and i just get like bold 37 that's the goal <laughs> and like steamroll right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like who knows what what'll ever i'm gonna 100 give it a go that's yep i'll make yep. sure i'm playing brawn with a stratagem against you that day <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that's fine i think i think it's more than that'd be even to see who has more 
for decking that person will win. <laughs> um, and then the other one is uh, data protection. I think that one's really good. Uh, it's going to be for yeah. case. So uh, while you have crankcase, uh, the data collector on the battlefield, your opponent's cards can't cause you to scrap cards from your hand. So I think it's really, really good. More of a probably sideboard option if we're allowed to put stratagem sideboard. I don't think there's been any conversations about it. But I think that would be really cool to be able to bring in for a lot of matches um, just to really help protect your hand. You know, that's always good stuff because losing yeah. cards can really hurt. <laughs> yeah, Shockwave like hates to see that card, I bet. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Well, I mean, like, uh, you know, Sunstorm, right? You want to you want to keep those 40 cards in your hand. Oh, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Touchy. <And>, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, if we're going to add an honorable mention, it's 100% the Master Commander, uh, just so Blitzwing can be a tank and a plane, I think is really yeah. cool. And I think it would make him more playable because I think that there are very specific trait cards out there. It's just like having him in the right mode at the right time has always been the impossible part. And now you're just, you're good, you know. Plus I want a two-prong attack and choose whatever the hell I want whenever I want because I have yeah. both plane and tank. <laughs> Of course, we got Orbital Strike too, making Cosmos super good. Yeah, yeah, that was one of uh, that was one of Wes's there. Oh yeah. yeah, mentioned that before. I forgot to mention that during my uh, yeah, yeah. It it's gonna hopefully make Cosmos good. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I'm thinking of a deck of now Cosmos and the uh, Off Road Patrol, so it can be uh, Rednecks and Aliens. <laughs> yeah, what's that? What was that one with Daniel Craig? Uh, Cowboys versus Aliens. Yeah, so yeah. we're just okay. moving up to rednecks and rednecks rednecks and aliens. <laughs> All right, I like that. I like that. Yeah, monster trucks in there. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you were talking about another one earlier, Jamie. Was it more guns? Yeah, more guns. I think is going to have a lot of like. I think it's going to be a good card just because weaponizers don't have a way back currently. So like, you get them for like the first benefit, but there's so much upgrade hate around currently, and there's going to be even more with power sword and ghost armor coming out um so i think that like it's the perfect card to be able to bring in and get multiple chances with those things i was also saying i'm going to be trying to combo some pretty fun stuff with um cog because once he goes down then you get to bring it back and then you get to play new upgrades and draw new cards so there might be a lot of fun uh, a lot of fun combo there right like scrap cog with a master sword and then bring him back <laughs> Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, because because it doesn't say how it gets put in your KO area, it just edits in your KO area. So you could even like piece through Tyranny, the character there, and then and be then... able to like take an extra turn and wreck your opponent too. Oof. 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 <laughs> oof. Plus, I mean, like, it's one star, right? So, like, even like, I think Cog is already ridiculously priced at 10, but just to make him 11, to have him come back twice, I think is way better. Then like ten and he just goes down once and then you kind of just lost all of your you know push for the turn. So like even to be able to like do those things with like six gun and maybe six gun jet fire is gonna come back west and you know be able to do some stuff with that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I guess you can't because six guns ten, right? It was be nine. Mm, oh, not enough room. Nope. Uh, oh, oh no yeah. no. Uh yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah, sixteen and nine. Boo. Womp womp. Almost. We almost had it. Maybe we can finally use Brawn. No, I'm just kidding. But, or uh, Brunt. Nope. Brunt's one I want more to get more play. But there's just, 
like at 11 stars. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Then he's like, he wants bold and he wants tough. Yeah. Yeah, Like, and then if your opponent's not playing bold or tough, then you're not even getting his advantages. Like, eh, right, you just get pierced anyway. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just it's weird. All right, we have any other stratagems we want to chat about? Um, I like the me Grimlock, you Grimlock. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, make a Titan Master, a Dinobot, and then <laughs> who knows what happens after that? <laughs> right. I, just like, I, I like the shame idea. You don't, right it's a shame you don't have enough uh, stars. To run wave one Grimlock, wave two Grimlock, and then clobber in a Titan Master and have a triple Glim- Grimlock list just because it'd be fun, but you know, impossible, but fun. Right. Yeah. Anytime that you can run like a, an entire team of the same type of character, it just makes it really fun. Yeah. Sure. I don't. Yeah. Like the thing about it that's weird for me is the idea behind it. I just don't know how relevant like Dinobot cards are to try to like add to a whole nother character, you know, like I really I like re- Dino Chomp, but yeah, it's, I was even thinking it's like, I really want to put Dino Spikes on this Titan Master. I think we're all thinking that, right? Right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Electrified Spikes all the way. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The Electrified Spikes on this Titan Master. Yeah, that's, that's what's in everyone's mind right now. Who's yeah, gonna? I mean, I mean if, if you can, if you can figure that out, and then you can put in. No, you couldn't do that. It'd have to be on all Decepticons because you can't go get the the other double orange cards, which are stars, because the the heroic one gives you only blue cards. Yeah, I don't know. Nope, I don't think it's gonna work. I don't think it'll do. Our motorcycle support too, bike gang. Yeah. For our gang white. Gang. Yep, that white pip madness. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of fun there for sure. And like, I don't, you know, for one star, I think it's OK because you're trying to aim two white battle icons for Chromia's other side. So, like, I don't think it's a, you know, too much of a stretch. I think you're not going to get it. You have to work around um, uh, potentially throwing planned stuff in there and to be able to maybe stack that so you can try to get that as often as possible. What about True. an all white bike deck? Especially with the new white spike card that they show, that new battle card, whatever, that you can like flip up to like four or five whites and get plus five, but then have to scrap the weapon. Eh? Eh? More, there's more support there, at least. Yeah, the plasma horns. There you go. When the upgraded character battle, if you flip at least four whites, scrap this card. If you didn't, it gets plus one until end of turn for each white you flipped. So. Even Chromia is getting in for what four? You flip, let's say three whites. You want to seven plus these two. You're in for nine and an all white deck. I don't know. Could work. Could work. I'll tell you what. Mira- <laughs> it has potential. Mirage is gonna really love those plasma horns that much. Wave one Mirage is gonna be all over that card. Very true. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. So, and then um, I do think that there's some potential all out which is for what wind charger um, just cause like wind charger gets that first really good punch at the start of, you know, your turn, whatever the start of your game is. And then like later on, as long as he's the only character left, cause he's really not going to be your opponent's target after the first turn to be able to then get that plus three at the end might be pretty nice too. That little, you know, last final punch, even the art kind of shows that pretty good, you know? Yeah. But it, it puts him at a star count that, <clears throat> 
it's going to be it's harder to build around him at that point. Yeah, and I agree because he's yeah, he's a he's a car, right? Yeah, yeah. and he's seven mm-hmm. and he's seven stars base, so that puts him at eight. And uh, there's other eights. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it, there's potential there, but I don't know if it's going to be your, in your standard, uh, if that's going to be something you'd add to your standard, like Hot Wheels kind of car build. True. Yeah. Yeah. But I could um, be completely wrong. And, uh, you know, people might want to start playing Wind Charger over Clip Jumper in your eight star slot. Yeah. The thing that's like really interesting is like with all of the hand disruptive stuff that's coming out, like you being able to draw is going to be more important now. It's just, I, I don't know if maybe, in those matchups where your hand's not being disrupted, if you need, are going to have to be more on the offense and kind of throwing like wind charger turn one, attacking with a free erratic lightning, essentially it, it might be a really good amount of damage to put on your, on that main character, the first swing. And then with reset, just be able to clean up any character you want. You know, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. Well, the, you know, the proof is going to be in the pudding when we finally get these cards in our hands and start building with them. Mm-hmm. Talking about pudding. What's your favorite pudding? What flavor? Butterscotch. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm, a vanilla guy. Yeah, it's just classic. Like uh, Jello Pudding Cups does the little dulce de leche, which is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I don't know. That's my favorite pudding. It's pretty sad. Yeah, I, I just I would be a vanilla guy. Every once in a while, I'm okay with like the pistachio one because it's like a different flavor, but I can't eat that on a regular. That's too much that's too much too, too much rich. it's too yeah. rich yeah i'm not bougie enough for that <laughs> <laughs> all righty well since we've talked about our stratagems and kind of some of our favorite ones i would imagine there's gonna be probably more that are coming out they said they're supposed to be what 30 yeah there's four more we have four more to reveal there you go so we have four more so i'm sure we'll revisit uh, stratagems. I know that I'll be doing a top five video for pretty much all the new cards coming out. So we'll eventually get into that. Again, I bring you this week another transmissions from Iacon. So this week we'll be talking about the aerial bots. Uh, as past, I will be going over three primary sections of lore that deal with the aerial bots the Generation One cartoon the Marvel comics, and then the current, well, the IDW 2005 will run as there hasn't been a whole lot of deep, deep stuff into the new 2019 run by way of lore for characters and things like that. So, uh, of course, the Aerobots are the high-flying team of combiners that uh, bring their death-defying feats of aerial acrobatics to the ranks of the Autobots, and they combine to form the mighty Superion. So, uh, Generation 1, they are the very first Autobot Combiner team. Uh, They were introduced after the fan-favorite Devastator uh, was introduced in Season 1. In the episode, uh, the final episode of that that Season 1, Heavy Metal War. Then in 1985, uh, we would see the new Combiner teams join the show's ranks. In Season 2, Episode 40 and 41, titled The Key to Vector Sigma, Parts 1 and 2, respectively, Megatron hatched a plot to acquire the vaunted key to Vector Sigma, which would allow him to take control of the so-named supercomputer on Cybertron that is responsible for gifting all Transformers with life and their personalities. The Aerobots uh, were built in direct response to Megatron, stealing the key from Alpha Trion and using it to create the Stunticons. 
so they could more easily deal with the uh, road-based Autobots, even though all the Decepticons can fly, and that doesn't present a big enough tactical advantage, obviously. They always have the higher ground, after all, but I don't know. That's crazy talk, and I guess the Decepticons needed more ground-based troops. All, all I picture is the scene from uh, Star Wars uh, Episode Three when he's like, I have the high ground, Anakin. I mean, you know, they Decepticons always had the high ground, but it never seemed to matter. <laughs> uh, but the Autobots were unable to recover the key to Vector Sigma. And then they learned a very important lesson about sacrifice in the episodes as Alpha Trine interfaced with Vector Sigma directly, sacrificing his life to allow the Aerobots creation. Prime then asked Vector Sigma to let the Aerobots think for themselves, to grow in knowledge and wisdom, and let them always value freedom and life wherever they find it. I personally think Vector Sigma's thoughts on this were vastly different from what Prime's were. Because initially, the Aerobots, uh, save Silverbolt, were pretty high and mighty and wondered why they should even defend the inferior humans. Valuing freedom and life right there. Interesting. Yeah. Optimus Prime uh, placed Silverbolt in charge of the team, and then they promptly left the Autobots. With Silverbolt promising to bring them back. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> knowledge and wisdom yeah. and, you know, you know, valuing freedom and life. Uh, they valued freedom, that's for sure. Uh, of course, the Sutticons, uh, when they engaged in battle, they mopped the floor with the Autobots. The Autobots couldn't handle them on the road, and the Sutticons were just better. And they couldn't win, but the Aerobots finally arrived in the nick of time uh, to combine into Superion and fight the combined form of the Sutticons' Menasaur. And, well, the Aerobots and the Autobots ultimately won the day as is pretty much every episode of the Transformers cartoon. At the end of the day, the Autobots always won. It's it's actually like, when it comes down to talking about combiners, I know the most about the Aerobots, and I know nothing about all the other ones, like as far as deep lore goes. And it's because of like what you're talking about. I grew up like watching and reading about how Superion used to just always kick ass. And it was by far my favorite. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing is that as much as we, you know, like Bruticus, fan favorite combiner that we haven't seen yet in the game, at the end of the day, Bruticus always loses. I mean, he'll win in the short term, but in the long term, he'll lose because, you know, the show was written because the good guys were always supposed to win. So, Absolutely. Uh, so a few quick notes. So Silverbolt is acrophobic. He has a fear <laughs> of heights and nice. he's a, and he's a plane. Classic. Classic. I hated that the most watching that. And that was like his big turning event in the two-parter where they premiered was he overcame his fear of heights in the moment he needed to to uh he better to to, to destroy the key to vector sigma because Megatron was using it to turn Earth into a metallic planet. He was getting rid of all the organic components. That's the other thing the key to Vector Sigma could do. It could not only help you access the computer of Vector Sigma, it could also turn organic to inorganic because plot. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, the other thing that uh, you know, need to remember is they are not the first Autobots able to fly. Sideswipe had a jetpack that allowed him to allowed him flight. There's, of course, Skyfire, a.k.a. Jetfire, um, who also 
could fly as he was a big plane, but he also was written out of the show at this point uh, due to copyright issues because of the toy and the imagery. And ultimately it's a big hullabaloo. I'll talk about that someday later. Power Glide, Cosmos could both fly and all of the Dinobots could fly in, in their bot mode. Swoop was the only one that could fly in his alt mode, but when the Dinobots actually transformed into their bot modes, they could all fly. So, but the uh, Autobots didn't have any aerial superiority, so they had to bring in the uh, they had to bring the aerial bots. There's one other Generation One cartoon that the aerial bots had that is, I think, really the most important. They had several other appearances at the cartoon, but I think in season two, episode forty three, War Dawn, is probably their most second most important appearance in the show. The episode continues to show that the aerial bots are still not quite the team players because while they're on patrol. They wind up interacting with the Seekers and like confront Starscream and ask why Prime thinks that they're evil. And Starscream being Starscream is like, no, no, we're friends. We, you know, we just want, you know, you know, you know, follow us. We'll show you some good stuff. And the rest of the aerial bots minus Silverbolt are like, yeah, let's go with Starscream and, you know, join the other flying, you know, Transformers. And ultimately, Starscream uh, dupes the aerial bots. Uh, they get tossed into the MacGuffin of the week called the Chronosphere and are sent back in time to Cybertron before the Great War officially kicked off in earnest. And here they meet a group of workers at an energy shipment facility named Dion, Ariel, and Orion Pax. They, of course, uh, talk about their love of the new type of flying Transformers. And then later, uh, the Aerobots leave to kind of explore, you know, Golden Age Cybertron. Uh, the leader of uh, these new Transformers arrives with some of his uh, minions, Megatron. He befriends Orion Pax, then betrays him. Uh, <laughs> and they, Pax and his friends are all gravely injured, near death, if not dying. The Aerobots return as the Decepticons were leaving, now understanding that they were evil as they attacked defenseless civilians and like realized that they had been duped by someone like Starscream and like, Oh yeah, they are bad guys. We need to keep, keep touching that. They take the wounded, uh, uh, the wounded to alpha Trion who then rebuilds Orion Pax, as most of you may know as Optimus prime in the episode, of course, the robots are able to return to their own time and reinforce with the great will to fight the good fight. That's, the most important stuff that they did, I think, in the overall G in the Generation One cartoon and their origin and kind of how they showed up there and some of the things they did. In the Marvel Comics in the US, uh, the Aerobots had a pretty different origin, kind of. So the comic initially, new Transformers were created using something called the Creation Matrix, a power obtained by Optimus Prime. But later he passed it to Buster Witwicky, their human ally. Uh, everyone knows him as Spike in the cartoon. And then if you pay attention to the Bayverse movies, that was Sam. Bleh. <laughs> I remember it as uh, Ladies 317. That's what I remember it as. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Buster was given the creation matrix by Prime. Uh, that is a long story, so I will not get into it. But he started having dreams of Superion, you know, this ma this massive robot that was the other that was the form of other Transformers that merged into one, much like Devastator. And with the help of Wheeljack, 
um, using Buster's th thoughts and sketches that he made, Wheeljack built the aerial bot bodies and then gave them the combination technology from the Decepticons that Bumblebee stole for them. So he went and found how to create a combiner from the Decepticons, stole it and brought it back. And when they're in the pro Wikipedia for it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said he just looked up the Wikipedia for it. I got this. Game. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, uh, oh, the Decepticons have it. I gotta go. Oh, the Decepticon computer. Oh, fantastic. Uh, combination. Oh, god, it's right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But while they were being, uh, they were being in the process of being programmed by the Creation Matrix. Only Silverbolt was given full, fully programmed. Um, and as the other ones are getting their personalities set up, something cropped up that required their assistance immediately. So Optimus Prime said, go aerial bots. And, you know, that proved to be not so good because once they were there, they formed Superion and ultimately tried to help and ultimately uh, defeated the Decepticons. But since they were not a fully programmed team, they started endangering human life while fighting the Decepticons. Um, so deserve it. yeah, cause you know, but in the aftermath of the battle bombshell, the insecticon, you know, infiltrated the arc and used one of his cerebro shells to try to co-opt Optimus prime, who was now back in control of the creation matrix, uh, taken from buster because it was actually going to kill him if prime didn't take it back. And the process failed, but it allowed, it did allow bombshell and Megatron to read Optimus Prime's thoughts. And because of that, they were able to siphon the power of the creation matrix. And then Megatron created the Stunticons off of that. So in the cartoon, the Stunticons are created first with the Aerobots created as a response. And in the comic book, the Aerobots are created first. And then the Stunticons were created as a answer uh, in retaliation to the Aerobots. Which is... Uh... It's interesting that they're both the commons in Wave 2, right? As far as characters. So as far as like following your story, it, it makes a lot of sense. However, in the card game, they are nowhere near a response to Superior. Right. <laughs> what I find also interesting, uh, which most people may not know this, whereas the difference in, say, the G.I. Joe canon, because G.I. Joe was given to Marvel Comics to create the characters, give them backstories, and ultimately write the comic book of the, of the mythos of G.I. Joe. The same was done with the Transformers. Now, in the G.I. Joe cartoon, Hasbro and Sunbow Productions worked fairly more closely than they you know, pretty closely for at least characterization and things like that. Um, when it came to the Transformers cartoon, however, Sunbow Productions wanted nothing to do with the Marvel Comics side of the characters. So that's why the comic book and the TV show are vastly different from each other because the TV show, they said the cartoon is like, we're going to go our own way. We don't care what you do. And the comic book said, well, we're going to go our own way. And, you know, there's a lot of differences there. There's fewer differences in the cartoon, you know, I mean, for G.I. Joe than there are the Transformers, but they're still there. But it's, it was a very antagonistic relationship during that time. In the grand scheme of things, the Stunticons were used to frame the Autobots for being evil because they were cars that turned into robots and the Decepticons were 
you know, planes that turned into robots. And then in the ensuing battles, there was a super here, super powered human named Circuit Breaker who could shut down Transformers with her abilities. She shut the Aerobots down reprogrammed them and integrated with her and she kind of became like a power ranger using the aerial bots as her body and uh, as a weapon against the other transformers they were later saved and repaired by ratchet and they had a few other adventures they were never prominent in the comics after this until they and a lot of characters were taken offline by a cosmic powered starscream and left that way for several years a ton of characters were basically written out of the comic book because the toys were no longer being made. So the aerobots were part of that. A lot of the generation year one, generation one toys and year two generation toys were all the second year were all taken offline by Starscream because they didn't have toys anymore. So there's no reason to have them in the comic book. So, and they ultimately were reawoken by Grimlock in the near the final issues of the comic. And that was the last Marvel comics had of the aerobots. So they had a small impact. They showed up. They were the first combiners, you know, so for the Autobots. So that was kind of a big deal. But they, you know, in the back half of the issues, they really didn't do anything because they were offline. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Who knew? Yeah. Wow. So lastly, that's new. That's, that, that's who knew. Um, in IDW's 2005, early in the war. The Aerobots responded to Optimus Prime's rallying call for support against the Decepticons. And they were primarily a a force that fought against the Seekers in the Battle of Iacon. They would also later participate in a battle against Trypticon in Harmonex. And they actually collapsed a building on top of him to help kind of defeat him. (laughs) That's what what you need to do. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, as we know... uh, Four million years pass from when the Great War started to when the Great War kind of makes its way to the rest of us here on Earth. But the Aerobots and other Autobot flyers uh, helped attack uh, a facility that the uh, sweeps were defending. Um, after the after the war ended, because in the IDW comics, spoilers, the war ends. Um, <gasps> the Aerobots helped perform crowd control after uh, uh, the suicide of the former Senator Ratbat. Ratbat used to be not a little bat guy. He actually used to be a regular transformer that got turned into the rat guy because the, the, the bat guy, because of, uh, you know, story, but <laughs> so it makes sense <laughs> during, that, uh, during that time, they actually, uh, they lost uh, a member of their team named barrel roll. He was never an, he never got an earth base mode. He was always a Cybertronian. They blamed the Decepticons for the death of Barrel Roll, and they ultimately receded from uh, the government that uh, Bumblebee had established uh, when Starscream joined because the Aerobots hated Starscream because he was a seeker and a Decepticon and they thought he was a snake. So they left Icon and entered the wilderness of Cybertron where they got captured and were chosen by Megatron to serve as a test subjects for his experiment in creating combiners. The Aerobots first came to rage and madness of the combination process. In the IDW comic book, initially, combination is not a fun thing because it's the five minds merging and trying to work together that has a very, it's very hard. That's why, like, Devastator was a big mindless brute. That's why Bruticus was pretty much a big mindless brute. It took uh, it takes a lot of it took a lot of work for the other bots to start working together to unify their purpose. And once they did, 
they were able to re they reconfigured on their own accord and they became the Superion. That's what it called itself. Ultimately, they were found by Ironhide, who had taken the Dinobots with him to try to find the aerial bots in the wastelands of Cybertron. There they were overcome by a energy field that Megatron was using to create the combiners under the influence of this energy field, the Dinobots turned on Ironhide and the aerial bots. However, in the end, the Dinobots proved too resilient to be controlled by this energy field and by Megatron. As this energy wave persisted, they brought a number of reinforcements to the area, which proved to be the undoing of Megatron's plans. Those plans got wrecked, but uh, during the fight uh, uh, that ensued because Megatron was broadcasting this energy wave that uh, it had been diluted because so many Transformers were in one area, um, he couldn't win, but Superion spent the battle grappling with Devastator, and the duel ended with the aerial bots being ripped in half. Uh, oh, dang. Yeah. Ah! It, uh, <laughs> didn't go so well oh, for them. This is a family Discord channel, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> At the end of the day, the Enigma of Combination was uh, was discovered. The Aerobots, still in critical condition, uh, were, try were being helped at the best they could. Um, Flatline, the medic Flatline, wasn't... Uh, he admitted that he couldn't tell if the Aerobots were truly alive in their current state. Uh, slingshot... Medic, yeah. yeah. Slingshot, having received the worst of the injuries, he died. Uh, but Starscream, because he was a member of, you know, he was a he was a leader in a leadership position at this point, wanted to rebuild Superion. As every other faction had a combiner on their side at this time, this is the combiner wars, as it were. Wheeljack, Wheeljack helped accelerate the recovery, and uh, they were still missing a member. So Alpha Bravo and Power Glide both volunteered to become part of the Aerobots team to fill in for Slingshot. So that's where we got Alpha Bravo as a member. Ah, that makes more sense because I was like yeah. being like an OG. So the with the Enigma combination, they were able to the Aerobots made a full recovery and rebuilt uh, and able to combine. They made a much stronger team because of the Enigma, and they were deployed to Caminus to deal with the similarly rebuilt Menasaur. Ultimately, uh, they defeated Menasaur. The new Superion proved himself much more than a match for Menasaur, as we know in the in the in the game as well. Of course, um, of course, of course. The Superion earned a lot of praise and admiration from the uh, Camions. Superion uh, was needed again when. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> That's always the great so, start. <laughs> Devastator was rebuilt and reconstructed, but well, ultimately, Prowl was used as a member of that combination. He was the head, wasn't he? He was the head, and well, he was also integrated to the body. And right. they so they brought um Superion along with Defensor back. Uh, Defensor was just recently created, and Superion and Defensor were able to defeat the Proud Devastator. That whole Proud Devastator thing is a whole nother can of worms that I'm going to open up later. Uh, <laughs> uh, then ultimately, uh, Superion and Defensor were stationed on Caminus to guard the space bridge there. Since then, though, uh, in in the in the aftermath of the IDW comic book, uh, as it as before it closed out, uh, Superion had not separated himself into his five into his five components. Um, at, at the end, it was commented that that 
Superion was the new default form of the Aerobots at that point. So he starts as Superion and then can maybe turn into the Aerobots. But yeah. Well, yeah. that'd been a fun little mechanic to do is like have them start as big man and then like get KO'd and turn into the five little. Yeah. That would be, it would be, it would be interesting. That'd be interesting. Real quick, that's kind of, that's the Aerobots through those three continuities, kind of where they, where they are. So team members of the Aerobots, the original Aerobots, of course, were Silverbolt, who was a Concorde supersonic transport, Air Raid, who was an F-15 Eagle, Fireflight, um, sometimes Firestrike or Firefly, it depends, but he was an yeah. F-4 Phantom II, Skydive was an F-16A uh, Fighting Falcon, and Slingshot, also known as Quick Slinger, uh, was a Sea Harrier. Rip. Yeah. Slingshot, of course, <laughs> he died in, well, he died in the, in the, in the IDW continuity. Uh, never, uh, you know, they all died in the Marvel Comics continuity, but anyway. They were KO'd. And of course, also in their ranks, uh, Alpha Bravo. Yeah, they were KO'd. Uh, <laughs> Alpha Bravo, who's the helicopter. Uh, and then Power Glide, who's an A-10 Warthog. In the Rise of the Combiners, well, sorry, in the Combiner Wars toy line, Powerglide was the sixth member of the Aerobots who would convert to a gun for Superion in the toy line. Which, which was the only toy that I had out of that group of people. I had the gun. I had that. Okay. <laughs> Shoot I me. I, I remember that vividly because I was like, what is the point of this? <laughs> so that is the Aerobots lore background. Um, so now let's talk a little bit about them in the game. So, yeah. of course, the Aerobots uh, in the game are Silverbolt, Skydive, Alpha Bravo, Air Raid, and Fireflight, who, of course, form Superion. Um, on an individual basis, most of them, I think, you know, you'll see usually Fireflight or Skydive is the only ones that you see outside of the Aerobot team. Agreed, yeah. Just because, I mean, like, you get access to the Brave, right, with Fireflight, so you, like, have to spend swings into it, which is really cool, but, like, just in general with the aerial bots, they had a lot of synergy like before combining and then after combining. Yeah, I find it really interesting that if you look at all the other combiner teams, I don't think any of them besides uh, Superion have the uh, have the most synergy like none of the other combiner teams even remotely come close to the, to the way these guys synergize with each other. Yeah, there was definitely, there's some good synergy with like the Sentinels, but a hundred percent, like the Superion and the aerial bots is really good. And then skydive, uh, we were talking about it. He's the one that's got the tough two. So you find him in a lot of like blue shells. Cause I mean, a five star that's got tough two is pretty nice. And then uh, of course, Silverbolt, his primary things when he transforms to bot mode, he, he pings for, somebody for one damage um and then in his alt mode uh off used uh he has bold one and it's if he flips what uh three white color three orange, yeah blue. white blue or orange he gets to uh transform another bot and i think you flip him to his other mode right you get a yeah free transform for him oh yeah there we yeah. go there we go yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Alpha, then, uh, Alpha Bravo, of course, you know, his big defense, his big thing is that when he's they're scoring off against planes, whenever a plane attacks um, and Alpha Bravo's in his alt mode, that plane takes one point of damage, which is 
you know, fun for the mirror matches, fun for when you're going, you know, like airstrike patrol, things like that. Uh, nowadays, um, Alpha Bravo is, you know, you know, pretty good there. But in bot mode, he's got um, uh, Pierce 3. Only two attack, but he's got Pierce 3. It's because he's got that perfect space for a field communicator. Field communicator, laser cutlass, anything that's a <laughs> weapon that gives him a bonus. Yeah. 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 I, I, I will admit, I like... Uh, he might be better coming into this new wave with how many more planes there are going to be around. Like I said, I, I do believe planes will be a thing and like constantly pinging for one might be ridiculously annoying. Uh, I agree. Uh, also with the fact that the most of the alien bots have the ranged uh, keyword, not all alpha Bravo does not. Uh, I and Fireflight doesn't, but the other three uh, all do. So of course that gives you room for, you know, um, armed hovercraft, and now, like, the Paralazzo box is, uh, I think, going to be a good addition to the Aerobots arsenal. Um, unfortunately, I still don't think uh, mountain missile pods are good for the Aerobots. Oh, I just yeah, I, agree. I, just, I agree. I just don't think you can get it off fast enough. Well, or, like, like I don't know. I think the thing about, like, I, I guess that could matter is, like, the consistency, though. There are so many better things for them. And like just really making it to big man and then being able to just pierce your opponent down. And like, yeah, that Paralyzo box on Superion sounds ridiculously scary, actually. Agreed. Uh, An air raid, of course, he's vanilla on his alt mode side. But when he is in his bot mode side, his big thing is that if he deals damage to an opponent, he scraps an upgrade off that opponent which, you know, is, is kind of nice. It's like, oh, I need to get rid of that debilitating crystal or I need to get rid of that uh, that gr- that grenade launcher that you put on last turn that you haven't used yet or I need to get rid of whatever you have on you that's going to suck. Yeah, and then he's also, he is what, four? He's the only Yeah, he's uh, uh, he has... in bot, yeah, bot mode, he's uh, four attack, which he's the only one that has a base four above attack three. above three. Yeah. yeah. Like fire flights base attack is one in, in, in plane mode, yeah. which is like, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, be, being able to have that like attack there is nice just because you do want him to get damage. It's just really nice. It's not like you have to hit for so much. It's just legit. As long as one point gets through, you get to break something. So yeah, the, uh, the big thing, um, of course, is when they are able to combine into the big man himself, Superion. You know, Superion is a fantastic, like, you know, megabot. He, when he combines, he just automatically does three damage to somebody, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's bold one, tough two, and pierce three. Pierce three. Uh, yeah. Just baseline. Comes with the, like the whole package. Yeah. Like he gets basically aspects of all of his combined modes. Uh, minus the brave. Um, whereas if you look at all the other combiners, each one is different and I, and I get that, but they don't really, the sum of their parts don't make up the, the main bot. Whereas Superion is literally the sum of his parts make up what his abilities are. Yeah. The funny part too, is that like, he's actually the only full combiner other than like devastator who I believe like you actually want really, close the door with 
Like the Sentinels, you can, yeah, you can play and get Maximus if you want, but like it's not necessary. Menasaur is Menasaur. And then we got, uh, who else? The Predacons. Uh, Volcanicus. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, never, that's, that's true. You that's just true. did a deck I, profile been, on them. I, I did. I've been doing a, dump, a bunch of them. No, they're, they're definitely enough good ones to go into. But like, it just, it's funny that how good Superion is in every way, shape, and form. And then he was a common in the wave. Yeah, that, I mean, that really surprised me that the common wound up being probably the best combiner out of, this, out of the set. Not that, you know, I've seen awesome Predacon stuff. What you've done with Predacon, uh, Predacon the, the Predacons is great, Jamie. What uh, Eric, what you've done with the Predacons is great. Um, yeah, I love that team. But I, I think just in the grand scheme of things, the pound for pound play out of who, which which of the combiners is the best, I, I still think the Aerobots kind of win that uh yeah overall definitely i mean what we need to do the uh they have major weakness um and that is massive direct damage that hits all of them at the same time photon bomb is it's pretty much a death nail in the uh in the aerial bots as a combination metroplex uh, <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say i, said, I didn't want to talk about it but uh <laughs> me and eric in the heroes rise tournament you know we were in the top four and his Metroplex just raffle stomped my, uh, <laughs> the Aerobots. I mean, it, the thing is, is, he's doing one damage, you know, hits that trigger, does one damage to all of them, and they all get tapped down. And that's the hard part. Yeah. yeah. It's like they, they all get tapped. The, the one I think is relevant, but the, the like just tapping down is, is pretty insane. But if you get that off three or four times, that like, Eric did, <laughs> and I combined with like <laughs> nine health, it kind of doesn't matter. Uh, and you can watch that match on my premise by on YouTube. You can you can watch that match and <laughs> nice, nice plug. And I'll tell you right now, there's pr- you'll see I made play mistakes, quote unquote. I actually just knew I couldn't win, <laughs> so I just did. It, I just yeah. played the what I felt like doing and was like, ah, it's not the right move, but I'm not going to win this game anyway, so I'm just going to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's by far like out of all of the potentials for the matchups that you would have gotten in top four that that was that was the nail in the coffin one for sure because that is just an insanely tough matchup no matter how you look at it it really yeah. really is yeah. just completely lopsided yeah but but to be fair you were the only one that beat me all day too with aerial bots that's true that's true i i that did do true. that so i i claim <laughs> half victory for first place because i beat first place so <laughs> therefore you win no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> transitive property. Yeah, transitive yeah. property. Just have these, you know. Yeah. It, 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 the rock, paper, scissors are here. Yeah, yeah. it really was. And, yeah, no, it, like, it definitely was. That's what I was saying. That like, It really came down. And then even, you know, not diving into it too much, had um, Michael with Predacon played a little differently in that first match between you, Kevin, like we may have had a completely different top four. Yeah, I told him not to scoop, but you yeah. know, so it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty interesting. It was a good tournament. So and like I said, depending on how things continue to go, we may we may have to have something else, uh, you know, like a little tournament or something in the meantime before, you know, if we can't make it to any uh, larger events. We'll all put on our hazmat suits, venture out. Yep, we'll all yep. look like we're in the uh, movie outbreak, <laughs> but we'll be playing Transformers. <laughs> yep. But anyway, so Absolutely. I think uh that pretty much wraps up overall. Uh, these uh, aerial bots in the game. They're a great combiner team. Uh, the good, because they're commons, they're easy to get a hold of for new players. 
so you can get you can put together a pretty decent list for them i'm actually going to be uh, putting up an article on the website this week about my aerial bots list and how i generally play them um you know for the listeners at home to kind of take a look at what i've done and build off of it or you know completely change it and tell me to you know that i'm stupid uh, <laughs> that's well okay. luckily there's there, there's not a comment section on the website so that's something that you won't have to worry about well they'll probably tell me i'm stupid in the uh in, all right i'll put one on there for you awesome <laughs> thank you fantastic <laughs> so that wraps up another yeah. another transmissions from iacon <laughs> Nice. I will admit, um, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback about your specific section on the podcast. So the the majority of it has been, it's not a large amount of time. So it doesn't, you know, make people fall down that rabbit hole, but it does give people just enough uh, as far as a little bit of background to those who are not massive into the Transformers universe. So I want to thank you for that, Wes, personally. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, I yeah. like doing it. So it's fun to kind of flex my uh, flex my noggin a little bit. Um, you know, sometimes I, you know, I remember a lot of this stuff from the actual, you know, from all those, you know, cause I've rewatched the series multiple times, reread the comic books multiple times, things like that. And then every now and then I was like, I gotta go back and look that up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, because sometimes uh, you know, I was just like, what was the name of that episode or what was that? But you know, most of the time I'm, I'm pretty solid on it. I uh, I will admit one thing that I will uh, try to do is that I know another very knowledgeable person in Transformers. Maybe I can set up some type of like Transformers Jeopardy game. That might be really epic to do, actually. Oh, no. I would I would have a lot of fun being Alex Trebek for an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I knew a lot, but until I met Wes, then I'm just dumb. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> that's it's, not it's, true. <laughs> <laughs> i just love that i'm dumb no if anyone's dumb when it comes to training, it's me i'll admit it like i know enough to be dangerous but i definitely i i don't know the kind of knowledge that uh you and said other person uh has it's it's absolutely insane insane so all right well we're gonna do some shameless plugs here for just a second and then we're gonna get into our outro and this will be the end of this episode but we do have some other fun stuff coming to you guys as far as episodes in the future with some special guests so i do want to say as wes said previously if you guys do want to check out our website we have a bunch of articles deck profile videos a card shop and much more including merchandise now go check it out over at poweredbyprimus.com and then if you guys do want to become bigger supporters of the channel, you guys can join our Patreon. And then you guys can find that at uh, patreon.com backslash powered by Primus. You guys can give a little more support to the channel as well as get some pretty sweet rewards in the process. Well, uh, so lastly, since we're all kind of stuck at home and we're all kind of just looking at our cards and, you know, does this card go with this card? Does that card go with that card? Is Has anyone built any kind of fun, interesting jank in the last, uh, in the last like two weeks or so that you guys are kind of excited to get back together with other people and play? I'm just working on Sunstorm. <laughs> I love that. Deck. How can I draw more cards? <laughs> How can I do more than 40 damage? I'll put 10 more cards in here. So the bigger question then, Kevin, with your Sunstorm deck, uh, uh -huh. do you feel like it's going to be a contender, like something that you can really like push out in a tournament, and uh, once you've kind of find your extra, your extra push for it? Mm, probably not. 
I mean, I guess there's maybe potential with um. I don't remember the, which card it is, but the one that you can't get any card scrapped from you. Frank Case and his strat and his stratagem. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible, but I don't think it'll be much more than a, a fun our Saturday night tournament type deck. Well, there's that secret action that's coming out or whatever that says if you would scrap X amount instead, you draw that many. So that might be a nice little. From that's side. true. You know, someone goes to hit you with like a system reboot. And then you're just like, okay, well, instead I'll just draw 40 cards. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was I was telling Kevin to to play hijack if yeah. people were playing system reboot. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you, uh, I, I've talked about the combo here a little bit. I'm not going to go too much into the combo with that hijack scenario, but um, once I start messing around with that deck a little more and I can kind of actually build something more than like the six cards that it takes to just steal your opponent's hand, uh, turn one, and then... Actually, I'm going to be posting a deck profile video tomorrow on an orange-black Omega Supreme deck. So mm. I'm very excited to throw that down because I've seen what Jason's done and like what RJ from Wreck and Rule's done as far as a blue Omega Supreme, but I wanted to kind of go the opposite route, and I'm going to be running an orange-black one. Now, that's the Combiner Omega Supreme, not the Loot Crate Omega Supreme, right? You, you know, the funniest part is, yes, you're absolutely correct. I completely forgot about that one so like even when i was talking uh about a thumbnail for it he was like do you mean the loot crate one or the other one yeah create one yeah no definitely not but (laughs) 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 yeah no it is the three-part combiner one but he already has the pierce four so i was like "Hmm, let's see if we can really like maximize how much we're doing here pierce wise and then because like you have the free star cards involved in it already. I was like, we can have some serious fun with this. So, uh, yeah, everyone look forward to seeing that. I think this podcast is going to go live after. So I would tell you, go watch that Omega Supreme deck. If you're watching it, if you're listening to this after the fact. Sounds good. Eric, anything you're working on? Um, so I was thinking about revisiting, uh, Alita one with scrap. No, no, no. <laughs> so if you, you that was so support. annoying <laughs> so if, if you're listening and you haven't explored this idea <laughs> alita one with scrap null scrap null what you do is you throw heroism on scrap null and it reverts all attack damage to scrap null and then he only takes three damage alita one <laughs> you just flip flop for days and steal that that damage onto her so that scrap null stays alive forever and he's your ultimate tank yeah that no that that's it i have i have i have only one thing to say about that deck (laughs) (laughs) it's a fun one you're also using point positions uh or point uh what is it point defense system point positions to be able to force you to swing into scrap null as well or stealthiness I know you had a trick for keeping her around uh, longer. I know he had he put stealth on her uh, on Alita one, which made my life difficult. And then, yeah, I think maybe that's what it was. Uh, I th- I think the last time I pl- uh, played it, I think it was pre wave four uh, for me. I guess the last time, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was the last time I played. Uh, last time I played against that deck was you, and I think that was pre wave four. But yeah, Oof. I'm not looking forward to seeing what else you can do with that. 
Uh, yeah, so, so I mean, it's just an idea. If I revisit it or not, it's I haven't put it together in a while. But do it. Yeah. Just don't play me. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, just play me uh, so I can just cry a lot. Right, and then I know I haven't witnessed it, but I've heard rumors of you messing around with uh, Fort Max. Oh yeah, yeah, I've been tossing him around a couple times. Now uh, the thing that I heard, which which I think is interesting is that they were saying you're on an all-blue shell with it. Yes, I think it's important for him to stay in that Titan version as long as possible. And so you're constantly proccing the white-blue uh, abilities. So you're just pinging for one. And then when you're going to go down, you flip him, and you put, like, inverted on him or something so that you hit uh, orange-black for like your one last hurrah, and then you you just defense up again as Cerebros. Oh, okay. I do I do like the sound of that. I do like because because his fifteen health is pretty it's pretty easy to chew through if you have Pierce. Um, yeah, I will absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so it's 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 forcing your opponent to find Pierce to deal with him. Because he's safe from like marksmanships, and I mean, sturdy javelins can hit him, and hovercrafts can hit him. But yeah, yeah but like a hovercraft for one's not really. A <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be really good. Honestly, I I really like him. Yeah, he's definitely one of the characters I for sure way five. You know what? Like, I was looking at my list of characters I want to mess with originally, and three out of the four teams that I want to do first are all combiners of some sort. So hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Let's see. So yeah. about you? What? Uh, I'm refining and uh, getting ready to submit my sideswipe deck for the wreck and rule sideswipe challenge. Um, nice. So I came up with an idea. Uh, it's very thematic. I, I honestly don't think it's a, uh, I think it's a great fun afternoon deck, not a, uh, not a, I'm going to crush your soul deck. Um, I hear there are a couple people that have come up with some crush your soul decks that, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing at least what they do, uh, what they are. But uh, I came up with one that was very thematic uh, with Sunstreaker and Ironhide uh, as, as my team, because, you know, Sunstreaker and Sideswipe are, are spark brothers as it were. And, uh, you know, Ironhide, well, that's that's lore stuff but there's a there's a connection there so you know uh that's uh, it's a fun deck um i also have been working on changing up the dotsons i uh i have i've refined uh my dotson deck which is blue streak prowl and uh smokescreen because originally they were all built on the same mold in the toy line so i was like hey we can play them all together awesome huh not that good <laughs> Let me work on that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think with waves, uh, with stuff coming out in wave five, I think that deck will be, uh, again, it'll be better to play. Never going to be a top contending deck, but it's going to be a fun deck. I think a great, uh, a great casual deck. Uh, so there's the, so there's that. Those are the, those are the two that I've been working on a little bit uh, that are in the kind of jank category of fun, but not, uh, not overwhelming, overpowerful. Yeah, well, and that's and this is kind of a segue, but it's something that we put it down officially yet is that we want to start doing some more 
things like that that are a little more thematic or a little more relaxed uh, when it comes to some of the games versus like not all of our stuff that we do is hardcore by any means whatsoever, but we definitely want to explore a little more of that. The fun side of Transformers when it comes to the cards, rather than, you know, a little more trying to ooh play this because it's good. Hey, we can throw down these characters and be like, this happened in this episode or this battle happened here. And we're going to try to live it out through the card. So it's going to be pretty fun. It's true. Me and Jamie ha- will have a match coming at some point that has the Rainmakers yes. against the Autobots, stri- the Autobot strike team that came to Cybertron. Yep. yep. So we are we are going to be having some fun with that. So. OK, um, folks, I believe that wraps up another episode of the Powered by Primus podcast. As always, please remember to like, share, and subscribe if you're listening to us on YouTube. This podcast can now be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts for your listening pleasure. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at, at @poweredbyprimus. Make sure to visit us at poweredbyprimus.com. We also have a, fa- a Facebook page. Just look for us by searching up Powered by Primus. And please, if you'd like to support the channel, as always, ju- consider joining us on Patreon as it helps us to continue to make this content and so much more. We always want to thank all of our patrons for your support is so gracious and you guys are awesome until next time transform and roll out.